Hi, everyone. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Andrew Williams, a.k.a. That Ivy League Guy on social media. And I'm here with a very talented and wonderful college classmate of mine, Yvonne Gonzalez. Yvonne graduated from Yale in 2016 with a degree in ethnicity, race, and migration. She's been a Mellon Mays Boucher Fellow. She's been a Fox Fellow and worked in Mexico City with indigenous women in rural communities. And now she's freelancing in education and tech in L.A. Yvonne, welcome to the very first episode of the podcast. Thanks. Thanks for introducing me. Of course. I touched a little bit on your your personal story, but you can tell us better than I can. So would you mind sharing a little bit for us? Yeah, yeah. So I'm originally from East Los Angeles, California. And, um, you know, I I grew up in a very Mexican-American neighborhood. My parents are both immigrants from Mexico. And I attended uh, James A. Garfield High School. And proudly represent the Bulldogs. And, um, you know, after graduating from Garfield, I went on to, to Yale, but I went to public school all my life here in East LA. And I'm, and I'm back after five years of being away. And it's, you know, it's, it's a different city. And now I'm, I'm trying to figure out what I what I really want to do here in my own city and, and what I want to do in my own community. But it's definitely been a journey. I can imagine. So like for the listeners, can you kind of describe the difference in experience from your high school to getting to Yale, which is phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, I definitely, you know, I didn't get to Yale by myself. Um, you know, growing up, I definitely had teachers in the schools that I was going to who encouraged me to apply to college. And I didn't really even know how to get to college because my, and like I said, my parents are both immigrants from Mexico. They didn't have the, that opportunity, but they told me about something called scholarships. <laughs> and so, when I was um, going to high school, I, that's what I was trying to figure out. It's like, what? Okay, what is a scholarship? And you know, my parents were like, it's free money to go to school. So you know, my my high school experience is all trying to figure out well, how do I get this money? How do I how do I get schools to pay for me to go there? Um, and so I would say, you know, the the game in high school was certainly different than going to college because it was very much when I was in high school, I was very much anxious about how to even get there considering my parents couldn't guide me. And so I definitely counted on the support of not only teachers, but also a lot of, you know, college prep programs that, that really supported me and gave me that guidance. And, you know, it was different once I got to college because I no longer really had that support. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it became a matter of, of using the knowledge that I that I'd gained in high school um, and that preparation that I had received from these programs that were aiming to, to get first-generation students into college. But, you know, it, it was it was challenging because I it felt like when I was in high school, you know, the the aim was to get first generation students into college. Um, whereas I felt when I got to Yale, um, there was no longer that support. Right. And it, it was it was kind of assumed that if you got there that you could navigate that space. So it was def- it was it was a tough transition for me going you know from public school in Los Angeles and having gone to all public schools in Los Angeles to um, attending Yale, where there certainly are expectations, regardless of, of your background or, or whether you're a first-generation student or not. Oh, yeah, like, I, I definitely know those, <laughs> those expectations. And you mentioned college prep programs in, in East LA a few times. Do you want to give those, those, those programs a shout out? Because um, obviously they did yes. something right. Yes, yes. So I definitely want to give Upward Bound a, a shout out. I was, in, I was part of Upward Bound and we, we took we did a summer prep program at Cal State LA, um, and that was certainly fun. I, I got to take classes there. I got to meet students from all over Los Angeles, you know, other, other low-income students. And I was also part of the match. 
um, and definitely, you know, still still um, friends with a lot of, of students that were part of the program. So those, I would say those were the main, the two main programs that really supported me. Gear Up as well. I was part of this program called Gear Up in middle school, and they actually took us on a trip to see colleges on the East Coast. And, um, you know, a lot of these programs did, did a lot of that important work of, of exposing us to, to different colleges um, and letting us know that there were options out there. Um, especially, you know, if you come from an immigrant family, it's hard to get access to that kind of information. If you don't have your own family members telling you, you know, there's this school over here, there's that school over here. I'm very grateful for the support that I received from, from the programs that I was a part of. Awesome. So do you have any particular role models or people who motivated you to go to college? Um, first and foremost, you know, I, I would say I would credit my parents um, because they were the ones who, who, who mentioned the word scholarship to me, first of all. Well, they said in Spanish, beca. Um, and, and, you know, again, they, they described that as, as, you know, there's opportunity for you to attend college if, if you work hard, if, if you're able to, you know, get this, this free money to go to college. So I would say, first and foremost, my parents. Um, but then I also had a lot of, you know, again, I went to public school since elementary, for elementary, middle school, and high school. And looking back, I also had a lot of, there were important teachers along the way that motivated me. I remember being in, in third grade, and, and I, I was actually, you know, not the best student <laughs> because I didn't want to do the work. And I think the reason why I didn't want to do my classwork is because I, I, I thought it was too easy. I was bored. I had um, very important teachers that recognize that that lack of effort was not because I was, unmo- you know, because I was unmotivated or because I had a, a disorder or whatnot. They, they recognized that it was, it was because I wasn't being challenged. Um, so I would say, you know, I really thank the, the public school teachers and there were many who saw something in me um, and who motivated me to, to work harder and, and to aspire to college. You know, I had a teacher, I remember I was in seventh grade, Mr. Law, and, and it was the first time it was during a parent-teacher conference um, when he met my mom, and my mom doesn't, even, you know, she doesn't speak English, and she, so I had to translate and I was trying to communicate to her, you know, your daughter can can go to Yale, and that was the first time that I had heard of of the Ivy League schools. So that's why I mentioned, you know, I really think it was it was the public school teachers that believed in me and that would mention these opportunities. I was also part of a program called After School All Stars, Los Angeles, I had a lot of great mentors there who saw something and who were able to recognize and 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 open my eyes to different possibilities so they're really my motivation awesome so you mentioned that they inspired you motivated you to apply to college but what were your motivations for applying to college because for a lot of first gen for a lot of low-income students they might be in communities where going to college is like considered a dumb decision for me just you know again it was really the idea of if you work hard then then you know this opportunity will be presented to you and and, well for me I always what motivated me to go to college was to see other parts of the world I'm realizing how much I don't even know other parts of the city just because of how inaccessible transportation is here you know if you grew up with immigrant family they might not even know some of the, the other opportunities that are even within your own city. So I think what motivated me to go to college um, was the opportunity to, to see another part of not only, you know, the state, not only California state, but to see another part of the country, to see another part of the world. I really wanted to know what was beyond East LA. 
Um, I wanted to learn more about the world. And, and that's really what motivated me to go to college. I mean, in addition to, you know, again, this idea of scholarships and free money. And I, and I was like, wow, free money for studying, you know, I'm, I'm there. So it was a little bit of both. You know, I grew up in a low-income family and, and college was presented as an opportunity to be able to have a better life for yourself, to be able to have a better life for your family, right? To not um, be so low-income. And so that motivated me as well. I wanted to be able to, to provide for my parents after all that they sacrificed for me. And it's, it's still something that I aspire to, to this point. For a lot of low-income students, going to college is also about moving socioeconomic classes right? Moving up. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's, I, I would say I definitely had an idea that going to college would, would give me that opportunity to better provide for my family and for myself, and also to get to know other parts of, of the world beyond East LA. Gotcha. Were there any struggles or obstacles that you had to overcome? Yeah, I would say the the biggest, um, you know, struggle, not only for me, but for a lot of my classmates as well. I, I was part of a, a group of students who were, who were motivated to go to college. Um, the biggest anxiety for me, I remember, was, was tests, standardized tests. So definitely having learned about the SAT versus the ACT and, and figuring out which one I was going to score better in. Um, I had the privilege of getting prep courses through these college prep programs that I was a part of. But even so, um, it, I remember that being my biggest anxiety is thinking, oh my God, I have to get a certain score on, on this SAT in order to get into college because I was aware of, of the competition and you know, aware that there were students in, in other parts of not only the city, but the country and the world that were getting perfect scores. So I would say that was that was one of the biggest challenges, definitely feeling like I wasn't going to be able to to compare to other students who had more privileges. So when you were in the trenches in applying, Mm -hmm. did you develop any routines that you did to help you accomplish your goals? Yes, something that I always did, and even in college is I, I kind of and so for me, it, I remember, for example, when I was studying for the SAT or, or any test, I would set apart time to just focus exclusively on one task. For example, I remember having some SAT prep books. So I would sit in my room and I would say, okay, for an hour, I'm going to look through this book and I'm going to do practice problems one through 30 for, or to prepare for something, whether it's a test, um, whether it's doing your homework. Those were sort of the rituals that I, that I did in high school that I, I think really prepared me. Thank you for giving some insight. Um, so now we're gonna, I'm just going to ask you some questions about yourself because I think it's important for people to not only look up to those who have accomplished great feats, such, such as, you know, starting in one position and like making leaps and bounds, but um, to also see those people as humans, you know. Exactly. Um, so what do you do in your free time? <laughs> well, that, that's certainly changed. <laughs> well, not really. Actually, I mean, growing, I was in high school, I was actually on the cross country and track team. So we did a lot of, of trail running and, and running around the neighborhood. So certainly one of my favorite hobbies hobby still to, to walk and, and run around <laughs> LA, um, run and walk around the neighborhood. I love to go hiking. I also, you know, one of my favorite hobbies was to play music. But I write songs on the guitar and I'm now I'm kind of I'm getting a little older so I'm trying to get a little more into, into yoga and working out mm-hmm. um, and, and certainly my interests ha- have changed over time but I would say you know mainly I like exploring and traveling and, and seeing different parts of the city 
and also love music. So those are some of my favorite hobbies. Okay. So I'm glad that you mentioned uh, you like reading and, and writing. So do you have any quotes or song lyrics that you live by or think of a lot? Oh my God. You know, it's hard to pick one. <laughs> it's hard to pick one, but I will say, you know, just music in general. Um, and it, it changes at different points in my life. I remember when I was in high school, I was, I really liked reading, um, you know, Jane Austen. So like Pride and Prejudice and, and the Bronte sisters um, and just, you know, kind of looking up to, to women who were writing. And then when I was in college, of course, um, being inspired by women of color writers, you know, radical um, black and, and Latina uh, writers, um, Audre Lorde, Gloria Saldua. Um, and, you know, I, I really, when it comes to music, however, it, it's, it's hard to pick one. So I would say music and, and literature have always been motivators of mine growing up. It's, it's hard to pick one. <laughs> I, I, I understand. What is one piece of advice you think students should hear? One piece of advice? Um, I would say, you know, um, follow your spirit, um, follow your heart. Now, that, that sounds very cliching you hear it from a lot of people you hear it from a lot of adults I would say don't don't get too anxious or scared about where do I want to be in in 10 years or even five years you know really think about where do I want to be for this amount of time that I'm committing to my next step you know whether that be college or you know whether that be what summer program I'm going to really follow where you know where you think you'd be the most happy um, where you think you would want to go and, and explore and get to know about. Um, so follow your heart and spirit, but follow it in that moment. Um, because it, and really that's, you know, the next step that you take is, is what's going to lead you to where you want to be because, and you know, where you want to be, the, that might change. Mm -hmm. um, you might change your mind about what you want to do. When I was in high school, my mom actually had cancer and, and that was really um, hard for me to, to feel like I had to choose between taking care of my mom and my education. It's, it's tough to, to find that balance. Um, and I know it's something that a lot of low-income students um, and, and, you know, students who are children of immigrants face that, that anxiety. But I would say, you know, if you have that opportunity, really do focus on yourself and really do focus on what next step is going to get you to a place where you're happy, where you feel safe and stable and secure. And don't be afraid of what you know, what other people might think of that. And so I would say that's my, my biggest advice. Follow your spirit, follow your heart, um, but don't, you know, don't get too anxious about um, the destination and, and get excited about the journey instead. Solid advice. And like that piece of advice, yes, people say it's cliche, but that helps with when you're trying to apply to college, especially essay writing. And then when you leave your community to go to this new one that's very important to maintain that sense of self mm -hmm. in the sea of new people so we got advice you think students should hear what's some advice you think they should ignore i mean again like i think one of the biggest anxieties that i had was comparing myself to other people i mean i was going on these i remember going on these message boards i was online trying to research colleges and going on these messages where all these other students you know a lot of them from from privileged backgrounds um, kind of projecting this idea that they had to get a perfect score or that if, if they didn't have this or this or that qualification or achievement on their application, that, that they weren't going to be successful. I think that's the worst advice that anyone can, can give is, 
if you don't go to this school, you're not going to be successful. If you don't get this school, this school, you're not going to be successful. And also really, you know, I think the worst piece of advice is to tell someone what success even means Mm -hmm. or what it is. You know, I really don't follow people who are saying, you know, I'm only successful if I get into this school or if I do this or that. Ignore that. I think the, the biggest thing you can do or the, the best thing you can do is, is to, is to, like I said, follow your, your own heart and your own spirit. Um, and I, I can't imagine what it's like to, to be applying to college nowadays with social media. Yeah. Now, you know, I, you're able to see what other people are doing through social media. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about what other people are doing. Um, don't compare yourself even to your classmate who's sitting next to you in class. Really just focus on, you know, your own journey, um, your own story and, and how to bring that to life and how to really use your own story to, to get to where you want to be. Thank you. That's some awesome motivation. We should put that on the plaque and like post it everywhere <laughs> by billboard. Because <laughs> I think more people need to see it because it's so true. So yeah, thank you. We're nearing the end of the podcast. Now we're going to enter a lightning round to um, find out little bit more about you before we let you go so what is your favorite song right now oh my god uh, the, the song called chronic cosmo pike okay favorite movie oh man i don't i, I really don't have one i haven't a uh, kill bill kill bill okay favorite book oh man i i can't choose i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> that one's a little too hard okay favorite tv show right now I'm not even, I'm not, oh my God, I am so behind. I am not watching TV right now. Okay, so that's that's all I have for the lightning round. Uh, Do you have any parting words or advice for that kid in North Dakota or that kid in Georgia or California who wants to go to college? Yes, I would say, again, just follow your heart, follow your spirit, know yourself. And remember, you have to make these schools work for you. You're not the one trying to impress them. What school is going to get you to where you want to be? Because you're the one that's unique and you're the one that's special and you're the one that's going to change the world. These schools are not going to change the world. You are. So what's going to be the best place that's going to nurture and and make you grow? Great. Yvonne, thank you again for joining me on the pilot episode of the podcast. This is crazy. it's, it's been a pleasure. Like I said earlier, I'll put the links for everything we've spoken about in the description and on my blog, tinyurl.com slash that Ivy League guy. And until next time, thank you for listening.